podcast that introduces you to registered, clinical, and certified aromatherapists around the world. I'm your host, Melissa. I'm a holistic life coach and a registered aromatherapist. Join me every other week as we chat with aromatherapists and hear about their aromatic journeys and how they use essential oils in their lives and in their businesses. Hey friends, welcome to Aromatic Chat. This is Melissa and I'm really thrilled to be inviting into the chat room today Jody Baglin. She is a powerhouse aromatherapist, y'all. She is a clinical aromatherapist. She has her own online store. She has a bunch of ways that you can get in touch with her. She's also been published uh, and she's also been interviewed for magazines. I would love for you guys to help me welcome Jodi into our chat room so that we can get to know a little bit more about her aromatic journey and how she uses aromatherapy to change people's lives. Welcome, Jody. Hey, so how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm trying to shift energy here. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I love your, I love your uh, workspace there. That's really nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Is that, is that a home office or are you at your office? Yep. This is my, my work in studio. It's kind of the... It's area, My office in the back and then there's like the retail area where people come in. Is that actually the Quella store? Yeah, I've been here for eight years in this town for 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is where it went back in the day, you know, when you could teach classes and do body work. (laughs) Yeah, when you could actually see people face to face. Now I have all this space. (laughs) Uh, You'll eventually get to use it again, I have no doubt. Well, yeah, and you know, and I kind of shift the gears from that anyways, though. Yeah, it's kind of most business people have, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of the direction we were headed anyway, and then 2020 kind of pushed us all over the edge. <laughs> said, don't you think you know what you're up to? <laughs> Go ahead, tell me your plans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, we all know how that goes. Oh, I know. Well, you know, though, 2020 has been a challenge, yes, but I think some really great things have come out of 2020 also. I'm sure you've experienced that. Yeah, it's been quite a year for everybody. So, yeah, it really has. I think there's good and bad out of the year. Are you actually in Jamaica, did I hear? I'm in Guam. You're in Guam? All the way on the other side of the planet. Wow. I know. That's just what I love about the internet. God dang it. I know, right? It's crazy. Guam is actually a U.S. territory. So their motto is where America's day begins. And people on this side of the planet, when tourism was allowed, would come to Guam because they could be in the U.S. without having to go all the way to the U.S. So you've been there for how long then? (laughs) Since about five days before the world went crazy. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) Had you known, would you have gone? Because I think you're in a good place. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. Um, I think I'd rather be there than here. It's really odd being here because the only island I've known is COVID Island. I haven't known anything else about Guam yet. We've been in lockdown since March. Oh, wow. We can go grocery shopping. There are some businesses that are open, but many of them have closed and are have said they're not coming back. It's been very strange. It's been so strange. And had we known, I don't know, 
I don't know if we would or not. Oh well, God. I did some creeping okay. around on the internet before okay. we got together and I saw your store. Wow. That's a, you, did you build your own website? Yeah, we've been at it forever. It's amazing. Yeah. I, it's I really, problem. Yeah. I really like the look of your site. It's nice and clean. The coloring is beautiful. We just shifted gears. We just rebranded everything. I really like it. Thank I, you. I don't know what it looked like before but I really like what you've done now. I mean, I, I was, you know, as another aromatherapist, I don't generally shop other people's stores. So it was oh, fun. Oh, well, it, good. It was fun to see what you had. I saw that you're also an ACHS alum. Absolutely. Yes. That made me happy. But from way back, man. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. We're still alum. It's awesome. It isn't what it, it, it's, it is. It wasn't what it is now. Oh, well, you know, everything's always changing. Yeah. So, <laughs> Not in a bad way. It's just like, wow, have they grown too. That was called Australasian Herbal I, Australasian. I know. I know. Because <laughs> she still has so many of the videos in the curriculum that are from oh, that time. But I love listening to Doreen talk anyway. Um, but I saw great. you've been published and you've been interviewed for magazines. And I mean, wow. Well, it's been at it a long time. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. that speaks to so many things, the long, the longevity of aromatherapy, you know, it's not like this is just a, a fad, right? It's right. been around a long time. Yeah. And it, and it does take some time. And I think that that's, that's my answer is time to the question of, wow, how, tell me how you did this. And it's like, time, <laughs> just over time, you just become the one that people know in your area, you know, right. so never would have seen this, never, ever would have predicted this. All right, Jody, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to kind of go out of my normal order today because I feel like I need to start with, whoa, what are your three favorite essential oils? Oh, you're going to start with that. Yeah. Well, this week I'm a frankincense lover. So then it's a matter of that being kind of my base, you know, my, my lead oil. Right. And then we play with what can go with it. And so this week I usually like a nice citrus and I was tired of the bergamot that I usually do with it. And so I decided to add something I would never really add to it, like nose wise, just to see. And it was, it's not like one of my favorite oils, but I played with it with cinnamon this week because I was going to go like cystus or something sweet and spicy, you know, and just kind of see where that went for the December season here, you know. And then I just kind of do the bottle blowing under your nose and how do I like this? And with just a tiny, tiny bit of cinnamon to that. And then with my pop of bergamot, it was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't have expected that. You know how some things just sound wrong together, but it actually was kind of cool once I got the citrus in there. So that would be my, my one for the week. Yeah. That would be your blend for this week. <laughs> my blend for the week. Or my top three for the week. Cause I don't give cinnamon a lot of space for me, I realized. And so I was trying to do oh. something different. Well, you know, I feel like cinnamon is one of those things that is just in general overused, <laughs> not, not even as an essential oil, but just in general, so common. It's so it's everybody has it in their cupboard. Cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about as exciting as it gets for that. Otherwise, I would say pink grapefruit. That's my winter go to pink grapefruit with jasmine and sandalwood is my perfume. Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds exquisite is what that sounds to me. It is a lovely combination. And very, it's very rich. 
It's sparkly. Well, there's just that little That's tiny bit. It's like 90% pink grapefruit. It's just that little bit to kind of give it some right. ground, you know, and sweeten up the, make the fruit a little more richer. But yeah, in here in Minnesota in the winter, you know, you got to have some bright, shiny stuff to. Oh, that sounds, that sounds amazing. We jumped right in with the oils, but I would love for people to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about your aromatic journey and how you ended up where you are right now. Well, it all started in 1999 at a Young Living class at a church I was attending at the time. I was the youth ed director. And one of the other people on the board got into it. We started having workshops. And after about three to six months, I knew that wasn't my route. And then I sought out, well, there's got to be something to really learn about this. I knew right away I wasn't going to play doctor with people's health. (laughs) But anyway, so... What my interest was in the oils, because I've been kind of a explorer of all things non-normal most of my entire life. <laughs> I and love how you put that. To me, it's my my main platform in all of this is a spiritual awareness and the and spiritual sciences. And so when aromatherapy came, the first thing, and I still talk about this and why I love aromatherapy, is because it was the one healing art tool that addressed the physical, the mental, emotional and the energy. And I had quite a few energy tool trainings and some pretty serious study in the world of human evolution and consciousness um, throughout the 90s at that point when I found oils. I was very um, surprised at what they did to the energetic field and you could work with it on so many levels. So then I found American College of Health Sciences, which as we were, you know, enjoying the the old name was Austral Asian Herbal College. And it was just at the tip of the um, online classes were being offered. So it was quite a bit different than, you know, what we had, but in, so that was like 99, 2000, right around 2000, I think, give or take six months. I got introduced to people like Marge Clark, and Scylla Shepherd, and gosh, there was just, it was an international group of just wonderful people that I just sat there and went, oh my gosh, I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Quickly learned that uh, nobody in 2000 was signing up for aromatherapy consultations. You know, that was like, why? Right. And I started um, trying to like get things out into community ed and got a lot of blank stares. One of my favorite lines was, I smelled one of those aromatherapy candles once while I was doing dishes. It didn't make me like doing dishes anymore. (laughs) Any better or, you know, whatever. And I just thought, okay, you're maybe not my people. (laughs) I can see this lady. I I can totally see this lady. (laughs) Yeah. What happened though was, um, so as things shift, so I was trying to tie it in with readings and things that I would do for people. We're all very thoughtful about safety and, and getting that message out there. And since I really knew what was going on that I wasn't in agreement with was when I saw one of the local colleges offering a, a class on a very famous technique. And I have some guts sometimes. And I called the, the school and I just talked to them about the class And I said, have you thought about the liability? Tell me, are they actually applying the oils? She said, yeah, they're bringing in massage tables. And I said, what is your liability as a state college for injury? Because here's what could happen. Are they tested? Does anybody know if they're pregnant or on chemo or, you know, and she went, oh, 
then they asked me to, to teach. That, that kind of started about a 16-year career and journey through teaching through the state college systems. They were just starting to get kind of an integrative program together at one college, and then it shifted over to another one. And I became a state employee through there. And I traveled around to different areas, sometimes in the nursing programs, but mostly in the continuing education. And I really loved teaching. I would do um, short ones, but I would do like a certificate for I call it my crash course. It's your hands-on, down and dirty. You want to play like an aromatherapist, but you're not ready for the whole training yet class. Right, right. <laughs> and just gave, you know, I gave them really a crash course. You know, here's what you need to know. Through that, I became a shiatsu therapist around 2005, 2006. So I really wanted to always be an acupuncturist, but I didn't quite have the wherewithal to take that level of training. And I kept playing around with how do the oils work on the energetic system? And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, if somebody's really cold and stiff. Well then ginger on what point, you know, and I kind of started just like navigating that, or this is really, it needs to be sedated. And so where would I, and what would I, and, and then I found um, Peter Holmes <laughs> and I became a aroma acupoint therapist over the years, um, studied with him and his the woman that used to work with him, Tiffany Pollard. And they're fantastic. They're very, two very unique complementary individuals with very different routes to it. Um, they don't work together anymore, but their program was fantastic. Highly recommend it. And so then I could just use oils on the points and that became kind of more of the treatment because 10 years of shiatsu can kind of make your hands and your knees and your back hurt. And I was getting older. So Energy-wise, I'm here in my studio and kind of in the northern suburbs of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've been in this town for 20 years, but I got this place about eight years ago. It allows me to have a little retail shop area. And then this area is my classroom and part of my blending and oil area. And then our packing and shipping is over there. So I stopped teaching classes and, and handed all that over to, I have a huge community here of people who I was their first aromatherapy teacher. <laughs> One of the women that is just a dear friend, uh, Jen Shepard, and Jen came in and wanted me to kind of like talk to her about what would aromatherapy look like in her world. And we just connected so well. He's the kind of person that really just connects with everyone. She's very sweet and lovely. Yeah. And so she just shines on her own. But I said, hey, are you ready? Here you go. So she's taken over that classroom and I closed that door and I closed my door on my body work. And the last few years, what happened as a result of being out and teaching is more and more who was showing up in my classrooms were people working uh, in professional healthcare settings that were looking to take that back in because of what one of our ma major hospital systems here has done, the paving the way that they did to legitimize that in that clinical mindset. The focus is all on bringing aromatherapy into healthcare. And then you start seeing the needs. And so I've had a a lot of street cred and experience in, in helping them from the outside. You know, I'm not a nurse and I, I don't, I don't work in those settings, but what they need to do that I can help them with is pretty consistently proven to be a pretty packageable um, thing. So what we do is we work with uh, a lot of hospitals are interested in, I was the first United States aromatherapist to bring um, the BioS patch. So we're, we you know, we're our own brand under that. We So we supply across the nation to hospitals across the United States and provide a one-hour online staff education. So we, we consult first and I help them get set up 
and kind of show them the pathways and ask the questions that they have to figure out and get them going. And then we provide the staff education. These are places that don't have an aromatherapist on staff, right? So they're not aromatherapists. They need a program designed by one. My pet area is with the nursing homes and they do a a much longer, broader program because they're working with people on a daily and consistent basis. And they need a lot more variety of skills. The patch is pretty simple and foolproof that everything's defined for them. So so we work with nursing homes and hospitals, primarily same-day surgery centers, that type of people. So sometimes I laugh and I say, well, I'm really not an aromatherapist anymore. I'm a, I'm a business. You know, it's just uh, my life is filling out vendor paperwork and, <laughs> and a lot of technology details and packing and shipping. I don't do that, but, you know, I've got people and my daughter Maya runs the front office and handles a lot of things and that so that's kind of where it all ended up. That's amazing but you've created something that people need. You've created something that nursing homes might not even know they need. Hospitals are recognizing the need for like you said not every hospital has the ability to hire an aromatherapist and keep them on staff and make sure that they're doing everything correctly so this program you've developed with the products that support the program. Wow. Could you speak a little bit more about the nursing homes? Because I feel like that is probably an area that a lot of people don't really know about. And I would love for nursing homes across the nation to hear from you about the program and the products that support your program. It's interesting where the huge amount of reasons that they could have that they've, that they've sought me out. Cause I, I never really marketed that or anything. I mean, that just, this has just been organically where things have gone. Yeah. And like the very first home that I worked with, they had a fall prevention grant. Uh, they were going to try out four different things and see what worked over the course of a year. So they had massage therapy with aromatherapy, and then they had music therapy in a snoozling room, <laughs> like a sensory room, and one other thing, light therapy or something. And so their goal was to prevent falls by helping people feel more relaxed and hopefully sleeping better at night. And they did a fantastic job. And aromatherapy and massage therapy is what they stuck with, that and music therapy. And then over time, it became more, well, what can we do in hospice? What can we do for pain? What can we do? So we focus mostly on moods and behaviors. So it's very popular for dementia and Alzheimer's care, where they're just trying to help find something to take that edge off, you know? And now what they do then is we work with the lead team and we make sure that they get the top level of information and we teach the basics. They have very limited time. It must be very, very precise. I can't waste their time. So we we get just the basics of what they need to know for their situation. We curated the oils for them, teach the methods, you know, and then we get into a lot more process, procedure, holistic, you know, a lot of other elements to it as well. We deliver it online. That's a pre-recorded for that part of it. They take it in and they're working towards reducing the use of psychotropic drugs for anxiety, especially. They're mandated to do that, as well as hospitals have to provide a natural option to medications or a support mechanism, because I really want to speaking to any other aromatherapist looking at this, find your local community place and see what you can do. Sometimes it's starting as a volunteer or starting with just a simple idea like, could you provide hand massages? 
do some direct care? Could you, you know, help them with inhalers and just see if anybody had a better week that week, you know, just spark some ideas and get in there and help them. We put it in as a skilled therapy that nursing must be involved um, to be a sustainable, effective, safe program. So we just provide them everything that we can and give them support staff help. And we do some case study work for them too. If they have a situation that's difficult, you know, that's beyond, I got a couple of really great nurse practitioners at some of the homes that service like multi-level groups in their system. She'll call for, okay, we got a peripheral neuropathy over here. What can we do? And yeah. And so we um, can do some customized things for them, arrest the legs. Then we just customize things for them. That's amazing. So how would a nursing home, how would they even know that they needed what you have to offer? And then how would they contact you if they, if they wanted to work with you? Well, that's the marketing question of the year that we're always trying to figure out. Well, what they're looking for, and I'm going to speak prior to COVID, but it's still relevant. Prior to that, they, like I said, they are mandated. They have to get, there's a, when they get inspected by the health departments, there's quality measures that they have to live up to. But in the marker or the quality measure around um, medications, um, they have to have a, a non-farm option for pain and things like that. So that's usually how they start to think about aromatherapy. And somebody, you know, somebody might be familiar with oils and wants to try to suggest that, uh, usually comes in like through activities or something like that. And that's kind of how they get started. I'm often a speaker, nursing home convention type things, you know, about how aromatherapy can help them. I talk mostly about relaxation, well-being, and providing moments of peace. And not just for the, not just for the patients, right? <laughs> for the workers, for the family, we, for everyone that, that's, that walks in their doors. Yes, that's amazing. We, we build staff wellness um, programming into our programs for them. Wow, staff wellness programming as well. I'm not surprised, but mm. I don't know if that's something that most people would even consider, you know, because when we think of healthcare, we think of the patient. We don't think about the workers. We are now. Thank you, COVID. So this is something that good that's come out of 2020. We're now actually thinking about the workers. It's good. We're caring about our people, our frontline people. Yeah. I was at a live virtual conference. What I heard over and over again from some of the other speakers, you know, that you know, but now you know and you hear it. You know, we were never designed to be everybody to every to everyone. And now we're family. There's nobody, there's no volunteers, there's no activities, there's no family helping with their laundry or helping do all the little things that the family members have been doing. The passion behind the speakers that I listen to, I mean, it just made me cry. I mean, it was just what they are doing to make those lives a little bit better. I think that's kind of the quandary I'm in too, just because now what I offer, I think is... um, needing to be revisited because everything's in micro doses right now. Right. So I'm trying to navigate all that right now, but as far as like, how do they know? I mean, that's just it. I mean, they're always looking for something to improve the life of those that they care for. And and it's not for everybody, but it is, it's coming more and more available and more and more people are thinking about it. And a lot of the homes have somebody, a lot of them have music therapists and they're often the ones that reach out um, activity people, they're always looking for something. I think that's where it usually stems from. You have a lot going on. It's all good. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's it is good. All good. I would love to know right now though, what is, what is one thing 
that you are so excited about, either personally or professionally? Just one thing. There's never just one thing. I'm a very curious person. Oh, oh, share away then. Okay. Well, I will say that if, if I could just veer off and go do something else, don't tell anybody, but you know, aromatherapy is not the be all end all of everything. <laughs> just kidding. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I am so fascinated by sound and frequency and light and healing. And I already do this, but I want to refine how you program oils with energy. So Dr. Emoto, messages from water, waters absorb the frequencies and energies and structure themselves around that. Do you know what work I'm talking about? The Dr. Emoto, the water molecules? Okay, so it's sacred geometry, basically. It's created when you're at high frequency and resonance. I've always um, taught that essential oils are programmable, interactive healing allies. So your intention and your energy is a big part of working with them. I hate to, I don't even like to say the word use them out of respect to the plants. And so there's so many places to go in that my vision for my company has always been, especially when it started with patches and and I was realizing the reach now that my little drops are reaching across the country and thousands of people every month are smelling this, you know, that was um, quite inspiring to me. And so I I have my, some little things that I use. I love studying alchemy and transmuting and transforming. And um, so I always really cleanse, you know, the oils energetically and when they come in and then infuse the energy of what I want. And then my vision for the company is that those little molecules are light are infiltrating our heavy systems that need to be lifted up (laughs) and lightened up (laughs) and that we bring those moments of lightness and peace to everybody. Science is catching up to the things that we have known for centuries, right? We've been using essential oils for centuries, but science is finally catching up and backing things up. And we know from science that everything is made up of energy. I personally believe every single plant on this planet was given to us for our benefit, for us to interact with, and we need to do it in a a good way. That's coming down to the energy part. Interacting, like you said, working with them, not using them, but working with them. Yeah, because as we've seen, that typical American style, when aromatherapy started becoming so popular, what did we do? Overused it. Overused abused, it. Ablu- abused the plant kingdom. Yep. We thought, you know, I always say we're just not mature enough <laughs> as a as a people. We will hopefully be moving into more alignment with nature and the plant kingdoms and the animal kingdoms. And that were we all mature enough in today's United States or around the world, but I'll speak for the United States, to really handle um, properly plant medicine, you know, I think it would be a different story, but at this point we're still commercializing and without that respect for what it is and how to use it and respect for those knowledge keepers that have that wisdom. Right. And whenever I teach a class, it's always sustainability. Make sure you're purchasing from people who are considering sustainability. And is it an Iroquois proverb? I can't remember where we're, we should consider everything to the seventh generation. I wish I knew, but yeah, absolutely. Just like, everything to the seventh, seven generations down the line. What I'm doing now is going to affect oh, 
Yeah. And, I, and obviously we're at a time in our humanity here where we're, we're being going to be shown that pretty quickly, oh, yeah. you know, how things uh, really could go. Um, so hopefully this is that um, opportunity to do things better and rethink. I mean, now that I'm not doing one-on-one, uh, hardly ever, I'll do consults if somebody wants to know how to use something. They gotta, I play at that very simple level with, with them. If I can just get them to take a deep breath and have that nurse or the caregiver like add another thought, I always say your trifecta is if you can get them to breathe with you, do some focused breathing and bring in some guided imagery. Just go to your happy place and let's breathe a couple of minutes. If you can just get somebody to do that for even worst case scenario, five breaths, I believe is what we've determined to change your nervous system. You know, five minutes, great. We can just play, we play on that subtle level where you need so little to have an effect on the energy field and to just help somebody take that breath and relax and feel better. It's really a beautiful thing. We exist to help the patient find that relaxed state so that they can heal. Yeah, and I don't know where that's going to come in eventually. Aromatherapy in medical or aromatherapy alongside medical? Because I'm not sure, you know, where this is going. We're all very excited that they're interested in it. One of the things that I try to remind everyone, your medical decisions are yours. If you want to add in a complementary modality, add it in and talk to your doctor about it and let them know that you're doing that. Yeah, I think it's hard for the patient because when they've had that aromatherapy in the hospital, it's often their very first experience with aromatherapy. And then they want to continue it at home and they don't have, they're like, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I, how do I do this? And so we see that all the time. I literally had people come after they just got diagnosed and there, nothing calmed me down. And then they gave me your calming patch and I felt so much better. And so here I am, you know, I get that a lot. There's a role I think for aromatherapists. And I, I talked about this when I talked at the last AIA conference, it was kind of that, that shout out. It's like, look to the, if there's medical communities in your area, there's people that are going to be exposed to aromatherapy for the very first time. How can we be there as a referral? You know, these systems are in place that were so disconnected, but that person found relief and wants to continue, but they don't know how or where. I love yeah. your brain. I love your brain. I love how your brain works. I have a business brain. I, but I really, I'm business brain. Too. I can see that. No, and it's, it's, but it's always churning. And I love that. I love that. Well, there's so much potential. And I think we're just trying to catch up. You know, we're all we're all pioneers, you know, and, and every last five years there's been these huge leaps. And we've just had this huge leap in the last five or six. I mean, I still can't believe what we're doing, you know, comparatively to 2001. And, you know, well, those glay candles did make me feel any better. And you just laugh, you know, at where this has been. But there is a lot of opportunity. And yet I feel like aromatherapy has its medical science place, but it loses the art. (laughs) It loses its soul somehow, you know, to be broken down only by chemical content. That's what I mean. It doesn't always go so well. How do we honor and kind of protect a little bit the art as it gets introduced. So I think there's just like, there's so many pockets of places this can go. So I have a little bit of a different feel about that 
connection as much as I appreciate it. But it really is. I really question this merging and it's beautiful. And it's, I just wanted to get to help people, but sure. the how we're still figuring that out. And there's so many nurses that are trying so hard to get it in and they're doing such a great job getting acceptance or having it move forward or the ones that are clinical aromatherapists to be able to actually do what they should be able to do with it. There's very few examples of that happening. Like Carol Seidel, that, that's to me like the gold star, gold standard program with an armed force of clinical aromatherapists on staff with an assortment of oils. That's a wonderful thing, but that's not the norm. Right. There are people are working on it though. I mean, but they're getting there. We're getting there. So hard. So hard. Yeah. So there's, there's branches, isn't there? Yes. But that's the other thing I love about aromatherapy is we all come at it from a different direction. So many places to go with it. Yes. So many different ways to go. How can people find you? How could nursing homes find you? How could hospitals find you? How could people who've been diagnosed and they've got so much relief from your patch find you? (laughs) So the usual, you know, uh, the, Search aromatherapy. <laughs> See what comes up. No, so we have, you know, I have a training website and I have a product website. So the training and consulting side is based off of my name. Um, and so it's Jody Online. We had to switch over to our online learning platform where the classes live. So we had to move from the dot com to the dot online. Okay. So it's a more complicated, but yeah. So just the usual uh, quella.store. All these new dots these days, Um, but new platforms um, for various reasons. And, and yeah, and I'm here in the Minneapolis area and um, we work with Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and you would just search on my name is easier than Quella. My daughter is in charge of social media and she's been getting things looking really nice lately. So I'm very impressed. So shout out to Miss Maya. She's been doing a great job. (laughs) Somebody who likes to do that, right? I know. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely want to um, list all the ways that people can find you so that it makes it easy. Absolutely. Yeah. And and to other aromatherapists, if they want to, they want to get some ideas or or talk, I'm always willing to talk to somebody about it. You never know. I might just be looking for some help. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jody. I appreciate it. Like I said, man, I love the way your brain works. It's, it's amazing. I I feel feel privileged to be in the same community. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) No, I do. I do. Oh, thanks. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You have a great evening. You too. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to Aromatic Chat. This is your host, Melissa, your holistic life coach and registered aromatherapist. I will see you in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics.